0: up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com on 15th of september every year the world reviews the state of democracy and in this episode we'll be discussing how to uphold and promote its principles i intentionally reached out to open society foundation because of the work they do on the continent supporting and promoting democracy and democratic principles The idea and principles of democracy tie very closely to citizen participation and freedom of speech among other main pillars and tenets of democracy. In this episode, we'll review the state of democracy on the continent and discuss how we can empower children and youths to help resolve the flawed democratic processes on the continent. Let's meet our guest.
1: Thanks, Anthony, for the opportunity to have this chat. My name is Dantam Gwinyam, I'm based in Johannesburg, I work with the Participation and Expression team under Open Society Africa. Basically, we we support uh, work around the promotion of democracy on the continent, the right to freedom of expression the right for citizens to participate in the manner in which they are governed and and, and all other issues related to democratic governance. I perceive this conversation to be really grounded on my own personal perspectives around the state of democracy in Africa as, as, as someone who has been working in this sector for years. This is not necessarily the position of the organization that I work for. Even though I think I'll be a bit fair, because most of my conversations will really relate to my experiences, having worked for the organization for Open Society, as well as having also worked for civil society organizations in my previous life.
0: So let's start with um, the state of democracy on the continent. How would you rate it and what are your comments about it?
1: We have seen quite a number of surveys that indicating that our democracy is in trouble on the continent. And what we have read and seen in these surveys is being vindicated. But what we are, by by what we are experiencing, our lived experiences on the continent, which points to the fact that there is some kind of standard democratic development and progress. Others may call it backsliding others may call it regression, but the the sum total of all this characterization points to the fact that democracy is in retreat on the continent. And it is disappointing that when one would have thought that we have taken two steps forward, we are seemingly taking more steps backwards. This is my feeling and this is my reading uh, of what is happening on the continent. And then there is also, I've been, in a discussion with colleagues, robust discussion on the same subject. There is also a school of thought that says when we say democracy is in retreat on the continent, there is a democratic regression, there is democratic backsliding. What do we mean is the assumption that uh, we have had democr- democracy on the continent and, and, and there is a, a, a groundswell of opinion which <laughs> which actually is propagating the fact that, in, in, in fact, when you look at the norms, the standards, of what uh, make up uh, a democratic state, Africa has hardly met those standards. So why should we say there's democratic regression, in fact, when we have been begging to have democracy on the continent?
0: Are there some examples, some clear examples in the recent
1: past well, we have seen, I mean, to start with, we have seen uh, what is happening in Senegal. We have seen the protests that have erupted in Senegal as a result of citizens' disagreement with the manner in which President Mark Sally and his administration are treating the opposition and dissent in Senegal. The manner in which they are weaponizing the law to disadvantage uh, a strong opposition that many see as, as, as having a chance to, to give the, the current uh, ruling elite in Senegal a run for their money uh, in next year's elections. We have seen the constitutional coups in the region in the form of stolen elections. There is an uproar over the outcome of an election in Nigeria as we speak right now. There is an uproar over the uh, uh, elections outcome in Zimbabwe, uh, uh, which, which, which elections uh, took place two or three weeks ago. There was an uproar over the Kenyan elections and all these make up what is becoming clear on the continent. That is the electoral coups that have taken place, which coups and which electoral processes have yielded illegitimate governments. And, and this is what is unraveling. And given the fact that the country, it's, I mean, the continent, by tw- end of 2023, will they have held more than 23 elections. And I can bet my last cent all these elections will, will hardly pass legitimate test i mean going back to what has happened in gabon as well which is also a manifestation of an illegitimate process that he yielded an illegitimate leadership so so, so you, you you can see that as much as africa is holding elections not all these countries or none of the countries are willing to abide and play the electoral game by the rules so, so, so that's a big challenge. I mean, I will not talk about the military coups that have taken place in West Africa as well. So yes, there are signs that democracy is in trouble, like I said earlier on, if we are to go by these recent events, in addition to the scientific collection of data, collection of data that has taken place by organizations that really are, are, are quite competent and are experts in, in assessing the state of democracy on the continent using their tested and robust tools that um, they've developed.
0: So, if we're looking at you know the trends that have shaped democracy on the continent in the past one year, if we take out the coups—that's uh, both the the military coup and you know the others that's been described as electoral coups and whatnot—what other trends do you think have shaped you know? the retrogression of democracy on the continent
1: well i'm not going to debate why we should be taking them out because that's a clear sign of what we are talking about it's a clear sign in the sense that these protests that we are seeing that are being violently crushed on the continent are a a, a manifestation of what has fundamentally gone wrong in terms of uh, all, uh, allowing a citizens to freely express their political will, which is a fundamental a fundamental mm. pillar of democracy. So, so I'm not so sure why we should take them out as signs of a democratic decay or democratic rot, but you can also bring in the rise in the weaponization of the law on the continent. Uh, we are witnessing the intentions and an overdrive by those that wield power to come up with laws that will close civic spaces. We are in, a, in an era where governments are, ca- are coming up with laws to regulate and control the activities of civic society and criminalize civil activism on the continent. And so And so all those things really point to a, a situation that is quite worrying and concerning. If we are to say we are a democratic continent, Okay, so, yes, protests,
0: really important, and the civic space shrinking is also another very important point um, that you've um, noted, and thank you for, um, for yeah. those two. And, and,
1: and, yeah. and just to add, to, just to add mm-hmm. you also have seen the criminalization of uh, expression online, the, the attempts and efforts to stifle expression online, the rise in surveillance tools, the rise in digital repression. Every time there's electoral processes, there's, there are protests, there are elections. We are having reports of the internet being shut down, the internet being throttled, the internet being degraded, precisely to stop mob- citizen mobilization, precisely to stop the free flow of information and, and, and allow those that wield power to manipulate the processes in their favor. So all these are signs of the problems that uh, the continent is facing regarding the democratic practice.
0: These challenges are challenges that in the past say, one decade or so, they're like new challenges that our democracies have been facing. You know, anyone on the government side would immediately bring up the issue of misinformation and false news and fake news, um, also hampering, you know, democracy on the continent. Um, how do you want to respond to this? How should we tackle the issue of misinformation, fake news, disinformation and all that? Because it's also the other side of you know the extreme. It's also on the extreme end of, of things.
1: Yeah, I mean, where, where, where I come from, the region that um, I'm based, there's a saying that you do not burn the whole house to kill a snake. Which is what exactly our governments are doing. Yes, I mean no one denies and disputes the fact that we have had harmful, harmful narratives that are being channeled and spewed uh, 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 through the the internet and so forth. But but we need to come up with an all inclusive, a policy framework to try and, and and deal with the problem. We can't use that as an excuse to impinge on citizens' basic liberties. What we are witnessing right now is not a, a genuine intention to deal with the disinformation sketch, but an attempt to use the disinformation sketch to justify the entrenchment of, re- of repression on the continent. This is where we then begin to, to question the genuineness of, um, uh, of our governments when it comes to really dealing with this problem of disinformation. So you can't have a a, a law that is overreaching, a law that is a a calculated assault on citizens' basic freedoms on the basis that you are fighting disinformation. In any case, the problem of disinformation is not only coming from one side. We know that our governments have also invested in troll farms. They've invested in bots to disseminate and diffuse harmful narratives, uh, toxic um, uh, narratives, which narratives seek to insulate them uh, from robust public scrutiny in, in, in with the view to ensure that the the governed are misinformed that the government do not confront them and demand accountability and accountable exploitation of their resources and deployment of of, of, of of their resources so it goes both ways and then showing that if we are to fight disinformation there has to be a a multi-stakeholder approach and that multi-stakeholder approach requires genuine intentions by governments to deal with the problem not to hide behind the problem to assault and erode citizens freedoms
0: Uh, now the theme for 2023 is about empowering the next generation first is there a possibility to resolve the flawed democratic processes in our political systems across Africa? And secondly, how can we empower children and youths to help resolve this flawed system that we have on the continent?
1: I think I think there is. I mean, I know it's subject to debate on how best the continent can deal with, with these problems. And I think I think the strategies involve can rather can be anchored on both internal and external approaches. Internally, uh, which then touches uh, on the second question that you had. I think it is all about building the citizen agency, leveraging on the youth vouch. Many of our countries on the continent are are, are populated by young people. And the young people here, I'm talking of between maybe 18 years of age to 35. And these are actually forming the majority of our population on the continent. It is all about leveraging on this youth bulge because the future belongs to this youth bulge. Empowering them with the, the necessary tools for them to participate in the governance of their their communities, first at local level, at regional level, and at national level, and ensuring that they also are empowered to take up leadership positions across the tiers of our our government systems uh, in all of our countries, so that they themselves have ownership of the policies that are formulated in the country, their their implementation and and so forth, because the future belongs to them in all fairness. So this requires that we also deal with structural challenges that are impeding their participation, the socio-economic challenges that are impeding their participation, especially young women who are disadvantaged at so many levels in our body quality on the continent, and if they are deliberate efforts to ensure that we, we confront some of these challenges, I'm sure the young people will, will be um, uh, having a better chance of, uh, of fully engaging on the democratic on the democratic processes. Now going back to the, the question on the strategy, yes, I think externally, for instance, we need to, to deal with the, the, the double standards of uh, the, the Western democracies we need to ensure that the standards that they apply in, 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 in ensuring there is democracy in one country should also apply to the other. But the challenge that we're having is we are seeing one country being treated separately and differently from country X, all depending on the foreign policy interests of developed democracies. And that that then breeds a problem and a challenge. And the questions being, Are we all truly driven by the desire to see democracy prosper? Or there is more to it than what we are saying by word of mouth. And and secondly, we need to look at the reformation of our regional and international bodies. We need to ensure that democracy is also practiced within these bodies. I mean, there's been so much calls by Africans for the reformation of the UN Security Council, for instance. You cannot expect that these multilateral institutions of governance and and, and democracy practice exclusive or adopt exclusive policies, and then at the same time, speak of democracy in in, in the same breath. So the reformation and the practice of democracy has to start from some of these so-called champions of democracy and it, it will trickle down to local levels. And then we also need to ensure that there are effective mechanisms um, to ensure that some of these regional bodies are empowered to deal with some of these democratic challenges on the continent. Yes, we do have ECOWAS, we do have SADC, we do have COMESA, we do have AU, but I think we need to be uh, uh, honest uh, uh, with ourselves. We need to be humble enough and appreciate some of the, the, the shortcomings that these bodies have in terms of, a, of of ensuring that their protocols on democratic governance are not only ratified by some of the countries, but there they is localized implementation to the latter by, the, by, by member states. So there are ways, I think there are strategies that can still be implemented to ensure this. But largely, I think the ultimate answer to all these challenges lies uh, within the communities, locals themselves. If locals could have the agency to push back, if locals could have the agency to understand that participating in the governance pro- uh, processes is not a privilege, but a right, I think we will we'll make some progress. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you very much. I think this is where we we'll draw the curtains. I actually look forward to maybe having other sessions see if we can have more sessions on this because i know south africa is having an election and Nigeria just had our elections like this is like uh, an election year um 2023 2024 a lot of countries yeah. so yeah uh, i think we'll
1: election
0: yeah, africa yes yes so i think we'll have more conversation about but thank you very very much
1: thank you thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows
0: right here on africatechradio.com